Alright, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Oh my god, I smell shenanigan! I have no idea what's going on, but I am excited! Yeah, baby, yeah! Ever dance with the devil in the pale Inconceivable! Cowabunga! I thought this was a party! It's two Mosques and a podcast. With Eric and Jeff. Welcome, everybody, to a very special installment of Two Nerdskis and a Podcast, the one show where two nerdskis come together and talk about everything pop culture and entertainment. As always, I am one of your nerdskis. This is Eric. And this is Jeff. And we're here to game on, bitches! We're going to be talking about video games for a change, although we're still talking about movies as well. But the twist is we're talking about the top movie video games that we've played. So in case you're wondering like what we think are the all time best video game based movie, I mean, movie based video games, uh, you're going to have to look elsewhere. We're not those people. We can only judge upon the games we've actually played. So in that regard, so this was Jeff's idea. Um, and so we immediately had to think about, okay, so what kind of ground rules do we want to set for this? Um, what, do you what exactly what exactly were some of the ground rules that you kind of like maybe laid down and I maybe added? I mean, I'm pretty sure we were just going to list uh, some honorable mentions before before jumping in. Right. But I wanted to do that right before uh, I wanted to do. I, I will get to that, but I just wanted to set the ground rules at least. Um, I think I think some of the ground rules were um, it had to be you can only do one movie per franchise. Right. Yes. Um, and that's just and that's just for each of us. So let's say me and let's say, for example, we each have, let's say, a Star Wars game. Uh, that's fine. We can't have more than one, though. It has to be one absolute one. Exactly. Um, the other the other is, again, it has to be the games that we've played specifically. So um, if you're asking us to see what we think about certain games, this probably is not the list for you. Um, and then. We also, I also based it off of pure nostalgia for me. Um, like how much fun did I enjoy having playing this game when I first played it and have since. So that's kind of the rundown I have for me. So what about you? Pretty much exactly what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. So as Jeff mentioned, of course, um, so we narrowed it for each of us. We narrowed down to, for me, it was five. I believe, were you also five as well? Yeah, I do have, uh, I have more honorable mentions than I thought I would, but, uh, but yeah, overall I was able to, to narrow it down to five. It actually, okay. It actually wasn't easy, but, oh feel, yeah, I, but I feel pretty confident in it. Oh yeah. So, Okay, so in this case, um, so in with that in mind, let us begin. When we're going to start off with honorable mentions. Now, it's it's funny. So I only have two honorable mentions that I can think of off the top of my head. I have um, five. And I wrote them down. Yeah, I figured you would have a little bit more. So um, I'm just going to quickly rattle off my two that I have real quick. So, um, so in terms of the matrix now the matrix of course if you haven't seen the matrix it's 
one of the great it's one of the classic science fiction movies of the 1990s it revolutionized action as we know it um now there have been a couple matrix video games that have come out there was enter the matrix which served as a kind of like uh, a game that takes place within the second matrix called matrix uh, reloaded and the game is called enter the matrix and it uh it's focuses on two side characters um and it was actually made around the time that uh, Matrix Reload and Revolutions were made, and but the game that, and of course there is uh, the Matrix Online that a lot of people I know liked. It was the MMORPG that came out. I I think it's since been deactivated. But the game that I played the most is the game that most people enjoyed, wanted the first time around was the Matrix Path of Neo. Essentially, it's it you play as Neo. Um, and you basically play through pretty much all three games, uh, replaying or reenacting like certain moments from certain action moments from each uh, movie and maybe a few other missions to establish just how Neo becomes the one. It's a lot of slow mo and kung fu action. It takes a moment to get used to, but in the long run, I I do enjoy it. I think it's a pretty fun game. Uh, my second one. Um, so it only had one game, but the Bourne franchise is, you know, this is the this is the action series that took off after the Matrix and also kind of brought it down um, because it, it it is responsible for giving us the shaky cam that m- a lot of like a lot of movies have since done. Um, it is atrocious. I prefer the way they do it in the Matrix or in in least in all in um, Hong Kong, but you know. Hollywood likes the certain trends or whatnot, and it is what it is. So uh, the game that's based off the first movie, uh, The Bourne Conspiracy, actually isn't too bad. Um, It's got a really interesting hand-to-hand combat system um, that's a lot of fun to play with. It's actually it's the most fun thing. The third person shooter aspect is eh. it's definitely a little wonky, but it, it takes some getting used to as well. And then there's one driving sequence in the game, and that is, it's the chase. It's the chase that's that's done in the first movie, of course. Um, I mean, yeah, the Born Conspiracy is basically just a video game version of Born Identity. But so yeah, those are my two honorable mentions. So Jeff, what are yours? So my first one is actually it's on here because. Uh, well, it's not on here because it's actually good. It's actually my ultimate guilty pleasure game. Jaws Unleashed. This game is so goddamn stupid, but it's wonderful. You play as Jaws and you swim all around the open ocean. They try to tell a story around it, but it's it doesn't That's matter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you get to bust out... Uh, uh, you get to bust out of SeaWorld, essentially. You get to fight a giant squid at some point. You fight killer whales. You can uh, you can swim up to innocent people on the beach. And there's a cool first-person mode so that you can just totally play the theme in your head as you uh, as you lurk up on people. It's it's ridiculous, but it's it's wonderful. Uh, so now, I've actually, I've actually played the spiritual successor to this man eater. Uh, yeah. That game is actually a lot of fun too. It, it, I think this basically takes the same game mechanic as Jaws Unleashed and just 
gives it like a more HD remastered update. If you, I will. really need to play Man Maneater. Uh, let's see here. So my next one is Scarface. The world is yours. <laughs> this game is fucking awesome. Just, just take GTA Vice City as Tony Montana. I'm Tony Montana. <laughs> That's fucking Scarface. The world is yours. It's great, and it it has a surprisingly detailed uh, detailed game mechanic behind it on how you're because it kind of plays off of a what if scenario like. Eh, fuck it. What if you lived? <laughs> and, and so, uh, so Tony Montana survived, and he needs to rebuild his criminal empire from the ground up. And you're trying to, uh, you're trying to fend off gangs. You're trying to buy cocaine from uh, not only in the Miami area, but uh, you're able to go uh, into uh, into various other levels and landscapes. And it it's actually a very wide open game it's in terms of open world it's uh it's early gta level for sure uh so for for a movie tie-in game that's actually pretty impressive uh there's a lot of great 80s tracks on there so it's uh it's honestly a perfect uh a perfect representation of the of the movie itself uh so my next one is the ghostbusters video game from 2009 and this one actually has gotten better, uh, especially in retrospect, because it was the last time we truly had the original Ghostbusters together before Harold Ramis passed away. And uh, by the time we're recording this, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife is not out yet, and hopefully it's good. I really fucking hope so. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see about that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, next, I actually have Mad Max. It's uh, this one. Oh, that actually, was a good game too. I, I forgot about that. I actually, yeah, like this was a last minute, um, last minute add on for me. It's uh, surprisingly a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's basically just an open world Mad Max game. Uh, think of, uh, I would honestly compare it to uh, to Jack Three, how you're just kind of roaming the desert for a large portion portion of it in these uh decked out vehicles it's it's cool it's really cool and i think by now it's it's dirt cheap so any game that any game that has like an open world that you can really get lost in you know part of why like i love far cry so much and you can pick it up for dirt cheap get it man absolutely and the last one i have is actually batman on the nes so this uh I had a functioning NES when uh, when I was in high school. Uh, it crapped out on me in recent years, which fucking sucks. But uh, but the NES game, based off the 1989 Tim Burton film, is a lot of fun. There's a it has really cinematic looking cutscenes, which you know for the 8 bit NES is really impressive to see. Uh, there's good hit detection. There's good uh, there's good music. Uh, good platforming honestly no no complaints about it it's hard as shit but it's a good time as with most games of that caliber back in the day oh yeah actually i totally forgot gremlins 2 on nes is also surprisingly really good i I think they're uh, made by the by the same publisher Mm. all right well those are the honorable mentions i'm like 
I, I, when you met when you said Mad Max, like why the fuck? That was a I, I did so I I have PlayStation Plus and I was able to play the game for free uh, and I did remember having a lot of fun. I liked going around and like just beating the shit out of like <laughs> just uh, like bandits and shit and whatnot. Oh yeah, and just driving Absolutely. around and mowing them down in the truck. I mean, in the, I, in the car. I unfortunately had to uh, I had to clear uh, hard drive space on my PS4, so it's just it's sitting on my shelf and I I need to. Finish like the. It's a fun game. I, I, really I need to finish Spider Man before I before I like uninstall that because goddamn it, I really want to finish it. <laughs> All right, so um, I guess the last ground rule I, I ask I have to ask is: Is your list in no particular order, or is it in a specific order? Um, it's kind of in order, but not. Uh, like it's not definitive, so I'm. Yeah, fuck it. No, in, in in no particular order. Okay. So, yeah, I also have a, my list is also in no particular order. So, uh, Jeff, because, again, since this was your idea, I'm going to let you have the first bite. Oh, shucks. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so the first one I have is Alien Isolation. This game beautifully captures the look and tone of the original film. You know, when... Uh, uh, so it it may be off putting to uh, you know if you're not familiar with the franchise and you just have the image of Marines gunning down aliens. Fortunately, it's not this game, and you unfortunately got stuck with Colonial Marines, which I heard was dog shit. Um, but Alien Isolation, it if you like survival horror, this game is fucking essential. You only have the one alien. I I haven't finished the entire thing, unfortunately. I I haven't. I don't know what the fuck happened to my PS3. Uh, so with uh, the alien is pretty much impossible to kill. And you have all these androids that are uh, that are running amok also that will kill you without hesitation. And those things are terrifying in itself. And whenever the alien drops down, if you're in a if you're in a room, you can either hide on hide under a desk or you could hide in a locker and the alien will just slowly creep around all the corridors. And especially if you're in the locker, I grip my fucking chair every time because it'll it'll just press its face against the against the little uh uh fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, uh, so it'll it'll press its face against the locker and you're just kind of peeking out from the little uh little hole in the locker and uh sometimes it'll uh sometimes it'll find you sometimes sometimes it won't but it really puts you on edge and sometimes if you're if you're just not paying attention if you walk under a vent it'll just snatch you the fuck right up (laughs) it's so fucking scary uh yeah i'm probably not describing it the best but very few games have really put me on edge so if you like, if you're a fan of the Alien franchise or even just survival horror in general, definitely get this game. It's uh, it's relatively cheap on on all the past generations consoles right now. Now, from what I understand, this is technically supposed to be a sequel to the first Alien, right? Yes, it um, it's kind of a side story. Uh, before, so after the event of Alien. Yeah, but but before aliens, it's actually um, it actually follows a uh, Ripley's daughter, 
Uh, I believe it's been years since I played it, but I believe she's actually on a mission trying to look for her for her mom and the the missing crew of the what was the name of the ship? Uh, Nostradamus. Nostradamus. Uh, Nostromo. I knew it started with an M, an N, not M. But yeah, Alien Isolation, fucking awesome game. Okay. Um, well, that was lovely. Um, I mean, I so I mean, I I guess to add on to that, so I mean, obviously, I've, I so I haven't played the game. Um, unfortunately, it's not really my cup of tea. Um, that kind of horror survival based game. It's science fiction, which is great, but like. I mean, I like the idea that you have to really try and outsmart an unkillable alien because you don't really have the tools to kill the alien. You're not a colonial marine. You don't have the weapons. You don't have the like the the sensor or whatnot. So you really have to learn how to outsmart it, which I think is great. You want to you like those kind of games that really kind of put you in the suspense and you're going to do anything you can to outsmart it in the long run. Um, why I just can't seem to get into the game is boggles me, actually. Um, so. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I can say on that front. But OK, so my number five or my first pick. Um, so and it's funny. So I recently just started rewatching the movie, actually. So so let's go back to 2000. Let's go back to Batman. So Batman in the days, of course, most people associate Batman video games with the Arkham series. And to its credit, you know, the Arkham series is fantastic. It revolutionized the superhero video game genre. Like you don't like it is pretty much almost the high standard these days for a video game. For a movie video game and no, for just a superhero video game. I mean, you could also argue that Spider-Man 2 is definitely up there, but if you really think about if you really think about it, like it's because of Batman Arkham Asylum and Arkham City and uh, Origins and Night that uh, Batman truly is a selling point for video games and is like the gold standard for superhero video games in general. So um, let's go back all the way to 2005 um, at this point. The the only video games that have come out for Batman, uh, obviously, there's the Tim Burton game that uh, Jeff mentioned. Uh, there have been multiple um, there have been multiple like releases based upon a uh, Batman Forever and uh, Batman and Robin. Not very good games, although I heard Batman Forever isn't too bad. Um, you've had some games based off the animated series uh, uh, Vengeance and Rise of Sin Zoo. Um, there is the from what I understand, very horrible Dark Tomorrow, which is Apparently has a good story, but the gameplay itself is just complete shit. Um, it's basically the Superman 64 uh, Batman games, from what I understand. Um, so when Batman Begins came out, obviously there is a game attached to it. This is at the time where video games based upon movies, of course, were still um, very, very uh, abundant and still like in high demand. It was a good way to make some money. And like this is back when triple A titles were being released um, based off of movies. So um, the Batman Begins game is surprisingly pretty good. I always felt um, it plays kind of like almost like a Splinter Cell game um, in terms of stealth. One of the most interesting aspects of it um, is that so Prior to the Predator mode of Batman Arkham, 
the the way to disarm enemies with guns is you have to use the environment to your advantage. And this is one of the things I did like. Um, so what you do is you find an environmental, you find something with the environment and then you can use it to your advantage. Like I said, and basically if you do it right, um, it causes the enemies to drop their guns. You can actually see heartbeats. And uh, if it's red, they're nervous. I mean, if it's green, they're calm. If it's red, if it's yellow, they're nervous. And then when it's red, they're like terrified and stuff. And as a result, their heart starts being faster and they drop their they drop their guns. And then Batman can go in and uh, fight them. Um, there's a there's an interesting racing aspect that I think is I'm not sure if it's based off of driver or need for speed. I'm, I'm not too positive. I know that um, it was definitely EA and uh, Warner Brothers that came up with the game. Um, of course, this is when EA was still fucking good, too, of all things. Um, and you get to drive around in the tumbler and you can crash through things. Um, it's pr- it got pretty intense, actually, trying to learn how to drive the tumbler, um, especially when you need a race. And then like the thing is, like the car actually does have the health meter. And if you crash too much, too many times, the, the tumbler will uh, break down. And you're like, shit, this is especially tough when you're doing the race mission to save Rachel Dawes and return to the Batcave where she has to like get the cure for the toxin that uh, Scarecrow has doused her with. Um, the other great thing I liked. So for the time, pretty good graphics uh, for PS2, Xbox 360. No, just PS2 and Xbox because those consoles hadn't come out yet. But I played it on backwards compatible on xbox 360 but um yeah and the other cool thing i like too is that every single voice every single actor came back for the game christian bale it is christian bale's voice you hear as batman it is morgan freeman as lucius fox you hear michael kane is back as alfred even uh even katie holmes is playing rachel dawes uh i think the only one that doesn't come back is gary oldman um Maybe because Gary Oldman doesn't do games yet. This was before he did Call of Duty, so who knows? But uh, yeah, surprisingly, really solid uh, Batman game. And this is probably, I would say, before Batman Arkham Asylum, the best Batman game that had been released at that point. So uh, kudos for kudos to EA for releasing a pretty solid Batman game, uh, especially for a movie tie-in. So um that yeah that's my pick for uh my, that's my first pick so what, what what's next Alrighty, so the next one was actually pretty difficult for me because two different games that were uh you know one to one released uh you know early 2000s and then uh second game released in the late 2010s and let me start by saying that i am a huge sucker for park building games i can get so immersed into games like roller coaster tycoon for fucking hours i love uh i love park sims i love uh i love i love the strategy of it you know just uh always uh learning how to manage the the financial aspect of it uh trying to make the best attractions i possibly can uh you know getting the Trying to fulfill the needs of all your guests, I've I've always enjoyed, uh, I've always enjoyed those kind of games, and when you take that, when you take a core gaming element that I've always enjoyed, and you mix it with Jurassic fucking Park, 
I'm pretty damn happy. So in 2003, there was a game called Jurassic Park Operation Genesis, which essentially was Zoo Tycoon with a Jurassic Park coat of paint. And this game is ridiculously nostalgic for me. I will never forget picking it, picking it up at a Best Buy. And I don't think there was there were, there were no other PS2 games uh, uh, with uh, or there were no there were no other Jurassic Park PS2 games. So being able to find one was exciting to me. And it uh, and so I, I got a I got a ton of hours out of that game, but I always had a few core gripes with it. I think there was only a 60 dinosaur limit population. The amount of species were pretty limited. Didn't have as many buildings or features that I would have really preferred. And it, I like customization. And I would say one of the most customizable park sims I played was Roller Coaster Tycoon 3. You know, you have a you're able to implement elements like a, like a water park and a zoo. And you're able to play with the environment, and it, it's very, very detailed. And that was actually developed by Frontier Games. And later on, they would actually obtain the Jurassic Park license, or in this case, the Jurassic World license. And they were able to take what they've learned on games like Roller Coaster Tycoon 3 and Planet, uh, Planet Zoo, I, I think is what it's called, or uh, Planet Coaster, I believe. And they were able to take all that and make a better version of that game. And we got Jurassic World Evolution. And even though I'm always nostalgic and grateful for that original game, I got to go with Jurassic World Evolution because it improved immensely on the customization features. There was no population limit there were more buildings you're able to play with the environment more and because i'm i'm such a jurassic park nerd and i like little bits of fan service uh one of the uh one of the dlcs that they implemented later on was uh was titled return to jurassic park because on launch it was primarily uh it, it was primarily buildings and dinosaur designs that were ripped from the Jurassic World movies. But this DLC brought brought back a ton of uh, uh, recognizable iconographies from the original film, like the original Jurassic Park gate, the uh, the, the tour vehicles, the, uh, the way the fences looked, some of the miscellaneous buildings and signs. And if you're uh, familiar with the, with the original movie, you'll notice just all those little details and the coolest feature I thought was uh, was getting the original actors to, uh, to to do some voice work in it. So initially, when the game launched, you had Jeff Goldblum uh, being sort of a guide throughout the entire game, which was really cool. But this DLC brought back Laura Dern and Sam Neill. Really? And, yeah. And this was, I think this was even before they were confirmed to be showing up in Dominion. So this technically was the first official reunion of these characters and that that was extremely exciting and with uh, and what they also did was because uh, if if you actually look side by side there's a uh, there's a few physical differences between dinosaurs uh, from the original trilogy to the Jurassic world movies especially if you look at 
the Triceratops, the T-Rex, and the Stegosaurus uh, in particular. And it's very subtle, but once you uh, once you look at it, you start to see the little differences in uh, in their overall designs. And this new DLC brought back those original designs. So it looked like they were sh- ripped straight from the original films. And they had all the different raptor skins, like the uh, like the tiger looking raptors from Lost World, the uh, the feathered looking ones from Jurassic Park Three. Like it was just a giant buttload of fan service, and it it was wonderful to see. And with Evolution Two coming out later this year, I'm really excited to see what else they'll be able to uh, to do with that premise. Because initially, what they uh, you were limited to five locations in Evolution, and when you go back and watch Lost World, uh, Vince Vaughn's character Nick Van Owen mentions that the uh, the islands are called the Five Deaths, uh, Los uh, Los Cinco Mir- Mirta. I'm tells you how fucking white I am. Los Cinco uh, Mirta. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go with that, and <laughs> <laughs> and so. All the islands that you're uh, that you're playing on throughout the game are those very islands. So you have uh, you have Isla Nublar and Sorna, uh, the island from the uh, from the first three films. <clears throat> Excuse me. And plus, you have those three other islands that have never been uh, been actually seen in uh, in live action. So, like I said, it, if you're a fan of Jurassic Park, this is as fan service as you can get. Normally I would say go get it right now, but it sounds like Jurassic World 2 is going to be even more uh, more customizable uh, based off everything we've been hearing right now. So if you can find it for a cheap price, I would say definitely pick it up. But since we have a what looks like a much more improved sequel, I'd say maybe hold off to see how Evolution 2 is received. <clears throat> So, uh, oh, that's fascinating. I mean, I'm I'm just blown by uh, blown away by the fact that like Laura Dern and Sam Neill actually did this did the game. Um, oh yeah, no, I I was they, too. I mean, what I've... I'm actually surprised by. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I I actually. So it's funny that you mentioned this islands. So really, so the other islands that have never been seen before in the movies, they actually no. do show up in the, in the game. Yeah, uh, in the movies, we've only seen uh, Nublar and Sorna. Okay. Yeah, because Nublar, you know, is the traditional island. It's the site of Jurassic Park and, of course, Jurassic World. And then it died in uh, Fallen Kingdom because of the volcano. Um, yeah, okay. Hmm. I don't know. I've never been one of those, like, world building tycoon like games but um i definitely appreciate them because they definitely do seem like a lot of fun they're just they may not be my cup of tea but you know i can't fault them for at least a lot of creativity and like a lot of creative hours that a lot of players can get out of it so uh, oh, yeah. kudos, like, kudos yeah, to like I, I mostly find games like that uh, like uh park sims and pure open world tend to get the the most amount of hours played played for me because i i feel like uh Park builders, you're able to avoid uh, more monotonous gameplay, and because you're always able to, especially if there's a sandbox mode, which uh, which Evolution does have, where you're able to just build whatever the hell you want without limitation. 
So Just figure out what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So as long as you can kind of start with, with a blank canvas, essentially, then I don't know. Like, I feel like that always offers up a good chance to sink a lot of hours into and keep up, uh, at least keep uh, players like me coming back. Okay. All right. Well, so my next pick. So this was a tough one for me. So, um, so growing up as a child, I love Star Wars. I think I know Jeff has also loved Star Wars. I mean, we have a lot of things to say about Star Wars today that, you know, I'm pretty sure that everyone has echoed, but we're not here to discuss that. Ray um, Skywalker. <laughs> so, um, growing up in the early 2000s was a pretty good time for Star Wars games. I feel like you had Knights of the Old Republic, you had. Um, or just in the 2000s in general, you had like the Force Unleashed. You had so many. You had just those are just a few. And then of course, there's like uh, Night um, Jedi Outcast and Jedi Academy. But um, yeah, there's just so many off the top of my head that I could probably list. But so I really had to narrow narrow down narrow down. Error. Yeah, I know error. <laughs> so I really had to narrow down like which game I really had a lot of nostalgia fun with and there were two that came to mind and I ultimately chose one and so as much as I love Star Wars Battlefront 2 I think it is one of the best Star Wars games I've ever played um in terms of for the for the purposes of this list I had to go with episode I had to go with the video game adaptation of episode 3 Revenge of the Sith uh that is that's a fun time. I feel like, I mean, it basically follows the basic premise of the movie. Um, what I, so basically you get to switch off between Anakin and Obi-Wan for certain missions. Um, you get to, you get to a lot, some of the best missions, my favorite missions are always, so it's when Anakin falls down the, falls down the dark side and becomes Darth Vader. And then you get to reenact the actual fall of the Jedi temple as a Darth Vader, which is amazing. Um, it's a, it's pretty much a run around. It's almost like a run around beat em up hack and slash. Um, basically it, 3d. Um, what, what makes this game really great are the lightsaber duels you have. Um, there's some, it's got some pretty good boss fights. I felt like for what it offered. Um, you had, uh, especially, especially during the, um, especially during the Jedi temple destruction. So when, so Anakin like in one level has to fight two bosses, both an apprentice and her master, uh, Sarah and Syndralic, uh, really, really fun boss fights. I feel like to say the least. And of course there is the, uh, inevitable boss fight between Anakin and Obi-Wan. Now there are two versions there. Are, you, you play the mission twice. The first time you play as Obi-Wan and it basically plays out the same as it did in uh, Revenge of the Sith. And then the fun fact and the fun part is uh, you replay the mission as Anakin and there's an alternate ending. So instead of uh, Obi-Wan going, it's over, Anakin. Well, you still have it's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. You underestimate my power. Don't try it. Anakin is able to dodge that lightsaber and kills Obi-Wan. And then he arrives, 
he arrives to meet with uh, the Emperor Palpatine. And the Palp Emperor gives him a red lightsaber. Anakin looks at it. And then he kills the he kills Palpatine and he goes, No, the galaxy belongs to me. And basically it's it's Anakin deciding he's gonna rule over everything. Um there are also some side missions, like specials like side missions that are separate from the main storyline. There's a couple of co-ops. Uh there's a like one fun like level where you play as Yoda and you just leap around killing clones. Uh <laughs> clone troopers and clone assassins you know some pretty interesting like uh uh like enemy varied um types so like for jedi they're like jedi padwans jedi knights jedi snipers which are basically just like jedi who throw lightsabers um at the enemies they're jedi brutes that have like giant like double bladed lightsabers um so there's one mission where there's like one level you actually play as uh, general grievous and you basically just destroy droid and clone trooper alike. It's pretty fun. Uh, one of the other, the fun, one of the best ones is you reenact the scene from uh, Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope, and you play as Darth Vader, and you have to duel uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, or Ben Kenobi in this case. And then the fun part is the multiplayer portion. And that's where you can grab a friend and have lightsaber duels to the death. You can have Anakin fight against Anakin. You can have Obi-Wan fight against uh, Obi-Wan. You can have Obi-Wan fight against uh, Ben Kenobi. You can have uh, Mace Windu fight Darth Vader. You, you can basically just like reenact all these duels all you want. I actually remember, so this was like several years ago, um, me, Jeff, and another buddy of ours, Ryan, we are waiting to go to a new year's party. And I, I had the game. I was like, dude, you want to like, uh, you want to have a lightsaber duel? I was like, fuck yeah, I do. And, uh, God, I, uh, I just, this. I just remember, I just remember you were just like, ah, you're kind of just like trying to run away or whatnot. Um, but <laughs> I, I kicked, I kicked your ass so many multiple times to be, to be fair. Uh, I played the game a lot. Um, I don't know if you had the game as well, but uh, I think you might have. Did not you have growing up, actually. Okay, not growing up. I mean, but I did qu- play the game quite a bit, and I just, uh, I just remember <laughs> Jeff. I think you got so frustrated so many times. You're just like, God damn it, son of a bitch! <laughs> I just remember Ryan was laughing his ass off too, just because. Uh, but no, uh, that is a that is probably one of the fun, like one of the funnest Star Wars games I've ever played. And um, just for the nostalgia, just for the lightsaber action alone. And this was this was probably my favorite Star Wars game in terms of lightsaber action and force abilities, because there's some pretty unique ways to use the force until Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Um, and that's a phenomenal Star Wars game, in my opinion. So. Yeah, in terms of in terms of if had had I not really had a fondness for this game, it would have been Battlefront 2, which I think is just phenomenal. But yeah, Star Wars Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith, it's movie tie in game. Just a fun ride from start to finish. Um, And yeah, that's my pick. But Uh, seriously, though, I feel like I feel like uh, one of these days, I feel if I ever meet up with Jeff again, he's going to. And I have I have the game still. He's gonna be like, I want to rematch, asshole. I'm like, you're on, bitch. <laughs> okay, we'll see. I blame it on the f- shitty Xbox controller because I was raised on PlayStation, so 
I think I was taken off guard. Well, I'll try you then. Let's go for it. <laughs> it's on, bitch. Uh, All right. Hmm. Uh, so my next pick is Peter Jackson's King Kong. This game is fucking amazing and simultaneously terrifying. So I would say the last movie that I consider true nostalgia as in something that I was able so like before becoming a cynical adult, you just <laughs> anticipate a movie with such childlike wonder and every like uh you you just can't fucking wait for this movie to come out. You're uh you're watching all the trailers all the TV spots and you just keep thinking it's going to be the greatest thing ever. You finally see it and it actually lives up to the hype. You just want to get all the toys. You want to get the video game. You just want to drive your parents crazy by getting any amount of merchandise you possibly can. And I remember shortly after, uh, cause we, we actually saw the movie Christmas day and later on, uh, uh, we actually we actually did pre- uh, presents later in the day, I think, and so uh, so just coming off of seeing this incredible fucking movie that just blew my socks off, and because I uh, I've mentioned in previous episodes that I grew up like crazy on the original King Kong, so to see a big budget remake taken seriously with that level of amazing special effects was unbelievable and when i found out that one of my christmas presents was the video game i nearly shit myself i was so ready and for one to have to have this movie live up to my expectations and then to have this game on top of it that i get really immersed into and i find myself playing it over and over again this game essentially is part first person shooter and part third person beat em up and uh you know first person you're playing as adrian brody's character jack and what uh what's kind of interesting is that they present this game in a widescreen format to make it look more cinematic and there's no health display or anything there's a little button that uh uh, it's basically just Adrian Brody telling you how many bolts you have. I remember is, this. Which yeah. is fucking weird, but eh, it is what it is. And the third person, or, uh, or yeah, the third person beat em up sections where you're playing as Kong, it's not the greatest. That's when it kind of uh, uh, divulges into, you know, just button mashing, which I'm not really the biggest fan of. But all the first person stuff is really fucking good. All the all the all the environments around Skull Island are very well done. Uh, it uses music very selectively, so a majority of the time, there's just this ambient ambience to uh, to to all the different environments. You don't uh, there's certain uh, there's certain points where you're uh, where you're kind of going through tall grass, and any kind of creature could come out at any point and if you don't have much ammo on you you basically just run for your fucking life try to find a hiding spot where they can't reach you 
and you have to use different strategies to try to one up the creatures and all the AI on the creatures is very well done too. Uh, they're not just mindless drones that, uh, that you know, just kind of wander around. No, if the moment you expose yourself to, to the outside, they will bolt for you and it makes for really intense scenes. And especially when you're confronted with the T-Rex, often what will happen is you, uh, if you're with, uh, with like one or two other people, they'll often try to, they'll often have to open this gate. And while they're taking their sweet time opening that gate, you have to distract the T-Rex from eating them. So you basically just have to keep running in circles and hope to God that this T-Rex doesn't actually get you because once it bites you, you're kind of fucked and your bullets aren't going to do anything to bring it down. There's nothing you can really do. You just have to try to survive for those first couple of minutes. And every time I play this game, it gets my heart racing every freaking time, man. And so I think, uh, I think ultimately, if uh, if you're a fan of uh, dinosaur games or uh, first-person shooters in general, or if you if you're a fan of King Kong, uh, or especially the Peter Jackson film. I would definitely say pick it up because you also have a lot of the uh, a lot of the original cast uh, doing the voice work. You know, you got Jack Black, Adrian Brody, Naomi Watts. Uh, I think even Colin Hanks is in there. So it because uh, I actually just played it last summer, and it uh, it's definitely gotten easier for me. I, I think just because I'm pretty familiar with it, but the entertainment value has not at all uh devalued for me so it's one of the best movie games out there so definitely check it out now i remember playing this game actually um i think i did get it for my birthday one year um i don't have exactly as fond memories as jeff does um i definitely agree that playing as kong wasn't the best um and i remember going and running around um as Adrian Brody's character. And I just remember like one magazine on backup, two magazines on backup, yep. three bullets left. <laughs> I'm like, Oh no, I'm all dry. I'm all dry. I'm all dry. I'm all dry. <laughs> so <Pretty fucking> much. <laughs> so I don't, so I, again, I'm not, I don't really have as much nostalgia for this game as Jeff does. And I, I'm, I hate to say it too. I don't, I don't, I don't think of it as highly. Or, yeah, I don't think of it as highly as enough as he does. But I mean, I I can't say that you know, no one can't get entertainment out value out of it for sure. I mean, obviously, it's definitely been a part of your life. Um, it's definitely it, you definitely get a lot of entertainment value. I can tell out of this, and so of course, I'm not going to fault you for it. But I can only speak for me though. So for me personally, I'm like, eh, it was all right at best, but. Yeah, that, I mean, again, that's just me, but um, yeah, that's just that's just me in the long run, I guess. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Um, okay. I'm trying to think which one off my list. Okay, so my next pick. So this was also a tough choice. Let me start off by saying this. So I'm both a DC and a Marvel man. 
or Marvel guy. My favorite DC character is Batman, and my favorite Marvel hero is Spider-Man. And I have been a diehard Spider-Man fan for a very long time. It's probably since at least the animated series from the 90s. That's what really got me into Spider-Man. Same with Batman's animated series from the 90s as well. Um, And I was ecstatic uh, when the movie, when the first Spider-Man movie was coming out back in 2002. Um, And I actually remember going to see it on opening day uh, with a friend of mine and my mom had to take us to, but I fell in love with the movie. I think it's one of the best superhero movies ever made. Uh, I mean, of course, Spider-Man 2 is phenomenal. It is one of the best superhero movies. It is one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. Um, but for me, I have more nostalgia towards Spider-Man. It's the first movie. Um, now, in terms of Spider-Man games, there were three. Obviously, there are three movies tie-in games, of course. Spider-Man the official movie game Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3. Now, Spider-Man 2 is the one that everyone really loves and there is no fault in it. It really is the it really was or really still is one of the best Spider-Man games ever made because it just revolutionized. It basically really made you become Spider-Man and it would stay that way for a very long time up until 2018, I think when uh, the PS4 game came out and I think it's the PS4 game is definitely like I, I no disrespect to Spider-Man 2, but I really think that Marvel's Spider-Man for the PS4 really lives up to the hype. It really it really does place you in the feet of the wall crawler and it really captures his spirit and the gameplay and whatnot. Um, so in terms of Spider-Man games, of the Raimi trilogy for me my favorite that I played and I did play Spider-Man 2 and again I think it's great but for me I have more nostalgia for the first Spider-Man game um now this is not an open world game it is a lot of levels um if you ever played the Spider-Man game that was released for the PS1 and Nintendo 64 and PC um, it plays pretty much like the same mechanic. It, bas- it basically takes you web swinging, <coughs> web swinging around. Bless you. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, did you sneeze webs by any chance? Uh, no, just not. Damn, that's gross. <laughs> uh, but um, basically, you swing around. Uh, if you fall too, cl- if you get too close to the ground, or, or if you fall, um, that's instant death. Um, the combo fight, the fight combo system is pretty fun. Um, it, it basically follows the same plot points as the first movie. Uh, Peter Parker gets bitten by a radioactive, radioactive spider. Um, and then he has to find, he has to find the man who killed his uncle. And then, and then of course it follows the adventures from there. Um, leading, so leading up to his first encounter with the green goblin, you fight two supervillains, the shocker and the vulture, and those those uh, those missions involving those characters were a lot of fun, especially especially the chase into the sewer, chasing after Shocker. I have a lot of fond memories running around the sewer trying to get Shocker. Um, especially, and that boss fight too is also pretty tough. I'm not going to lie. Um, 
And, uh, and uh, for the vulture boss fight, you have to climb up a clock tower to get to him. And then the next level level is the actual boss fight where you have to swing around and you have to you have to web up of uh, the vulture and um, and in order to hit a land a hit on him. Kind of similar to what they do in um, Spider-Man uh, PS4 almost. Um, what's also great is that the voice cast, the, the cast from the movie does come back. You have Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker, you have and Spider-Man, you have uh, Willem Dafoe back as the Green Goblin, Norman Osborn. That's about it for the voice cast, but there is one great additional voice cast. So, the tutorial mission to, that allows you to figure out how to play Spider-Man is narrated by Bruce the Chin Campbell, and basically it's a... Com- <laughs> I love it when Bruce Campbell voices a Spider-Man game because he's basically just... He's instructing you and he's almost insulting you at the same time. It's basically... Yep. <laughs> it's so fucking great that I love it. It's like, hey, uh, chump, don't be uh, don't be afraid to do this, will you? Ah, oh, great. You, fa- you fell to your death. Well, now you're just an idiot. Nice. Um, you only get one. <laughs> um it's so just so much fun uh my favorite levels are definitely like i said the chaser in the sewer um and then actually fighting the green goblin is also a lot of fun too so um the other thing i wanted to point out so the version i play for spider-man um is the xbox version because i feel like that's the complete game because that's the because it's the one that offers the boss fight with Craven the Hunter, um, and that, in my opinion, that in my opinion is the full game. The PS2 and the Nintendo 60, Nintendo GameCube versions don't have the Craven boss fight, so in my opinion, Xbox version wins. Um, and that's a pretty good boss fight too, because what happens is is he lures you into a trap, and you're basically have been poisoned, and uh, you have to fight Craven to get the poison. You have to fight Craven to get the toxin out of you. The only way you can regain health in that time is just fun. just run around looking for the red spider, red spiders that give you your health back. And you're like, like, uh, uh, I'm already at full health. I'm already at full health. Um, so, uh, the, again, it's a lot of fun. Now, one of the best parts about this game. So if you if you beat the game on hard <clears throat> mode or you just enter a cheat, um, you actually can play the entire game as the green goblin and how the game, how that works is basically Harry Osborn takes up the mantle of the green goblin. Cause he's looking, he's trying to research into, uh, he's trying to research into uh, his father being the green goblin or whatnot. Um, it's like an it's almost like an alternate timeline story. Almost, but you basically replay every mission in the game as the Green Goblin, and you get to fly around on the on the Goblin glider. You can shoot henchmen uh, with uh, Gatling guns from. Uh, you can also throw pumpkin bombs and whatnot. The combos are about the same as Spider Man, um, as Spider Man's combos. The other thing too is like you can hold down Y, and you basically can super speed, and you can run into every you can run into everyone, and they get knocked down and killed that way. Um, it's especially a lot of fun if you turn on the infinite uh, webbing cheat, which basically <laughs> serves as that too. But yeah, it's such it that is that is like one thing I I think that um, really holds up for me the most is just how much fun it is to play as the Green Goblin. I think that also like gets a lot of points for me as well. So 
yeah again i i think spider-man 2 is great it's just again i think the nostalgia factor for spider-man the official game just holds so much more for me alone um and yes that is my that is that is my uh pick uh in terms well, of spider-man games well my pick was actually fucking spider-man <laughs> uh, wait which which one spider-man the one uh, the, uh spider-man 2002 Oh, really? Yeah. So, really? Right. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we have crossover. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, for, okay, can, can I be honest? I honestly thought you were going to go with Spider-Man 2 because I think... I, I almost did, but I didn't play that game until much, much later. So I don't have... Okay. So I don't have nostalgia for it, but I have a shit... So I'm in the same boat as you because I didn't start playing that game until I, I rebought a PlayStation 2 oh, yeah, no, I, uh, so I, yeah, a couple I, years ago. I, I played that original game religiously and I even I think it was that and Jack and Daxter were the first games that we bought strategy guides for and I we actually still have them somewhere and it, it's such a trip to to flip uh, flip through those and uh God, I I will never forget trying to actually the scariest mission to me was was actually the first boss just uh, uh really <laughs> trying to uh, trying to get uncle trying to get uncle ben's killer like that part kicked my ass so fucking much uh but yeah pretty much everything eric said i you know pretty much exact same uh exact same feelings uh so i guess i'll move on to my number one even though you know not really in order but what i mean number I that's I'm sorry that's just so funny that uh, that blows my mind I honestly I really honestly thought you were gonna go with Spider-Man 2 I I, like, I thought of it but you know I I haven't played it all the way through so I don't really know how the rest of the game is but I mean it, it is a it really is a great game it's just not the one I like when I think of the PS2 era of Spider-Man games I'm always gonna think of the first game first because that's the one that had the biggest impact on me um and i'm sure we're gonna and of course we're gonna talk about the actual movies themselves but just real quickly um which one do you have more nostalgia for first one or the second one for the actual movies yeah for the actual movies i mean both are pretty on equal level i mean i i mean spider-man one was the first superhero movie i ever saw so obviously ridiculous amount of nostalgia right there but Spider-Man 2 was when, you know, like I remember the merchandise more around that movie. And so I so I just I remember seeing the ads more vividly. Uh, I think we uh, I remember seeing like these Lunchable things that had these (laughs) that had these little holographic cards. Uh And uh, I wish I still had those, man, because that that'd be so cool to to see again right now. But uh yeah, I don't know. That that's a tough one because yeah, I don't know. That that's actually a good question. Um, I mean, I think Spider Man Two. I mean, that that is my favorite uh, superhero movie of all time. So my my gut reaction is to say Spider Man Two. But I mean, when you're a seven year old seeing Spider Man for the first time on the big screen, that's that's up there for sure. That is definitely a religious experience. hundred yeah. percent. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. Why don't you go? Do you want, do you actually want me to go with my second pick or do you want to, do you want to go ahead? No, I think, I think we're tired of hearing your voice. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, so, my final game is Star Wars Battlefront 2. Yes! <laughs> okay, so... Um, this is this is also one I have very fond memories of, but um, why don't you go ahead first? So I I will never forget getting this game for the first time. I I played it at a friend's house initially, and you know I I heard nothing but, but good things about it. It was it was one of those games where all your friends were playing it, and I never played a Star Wars game yet that had space battles and. I think in terms of Star Wars games for me at that point, I had a couple PC games and probably a few GBA games, uh, but nothing. I never had the the quote unquote newest Star Wars game. So when Battlefront 2 came out, once the price lowered a little bit, I went to Toys R Us, picked it up, and I sunk so many hours into that game. That was a fucking adrenaline ride every time I played it. I I always loved playing as Obi-Wan and just slicing down all the battle droids. I loved... Uh, I felt like every time I was playing it, getting new matches in there, I was discovering new characters and maps all, all the fucking time. And it just... It got... Because uh, I, I didn't use the internet as much back then, and so I never looked into all the levels and all the characters, I was just kind of discovering that for myself. And that actually made it a lot more fun because I thought it was mostly going to cover uh, characters in uh, in the prequels, but then realizing, oh my God, Endor, Hoth, the Death Star. Holy shit. Oh my God. I can play as, I can play as Darth Vader. I can play as Han Solo and Princess Leia, Luke Skywalker, Boba Fett. Holy shit. It just felt like the perfect all-out war star wars game and i wish they had a i wish they would just let you mix and match all the you know all the different eras because it's like fuck it i i want to see luke skywalker fight on naboo or i want to see general grievous tear shit up on hoth that would that'd be the only if they had that little element then i would call it 100 percent flawless but <laughs> Uh, but I mean, in terms of what we got, especially around that time, this game I felt was pretty revolutionary and the way, uh, cause I did play the original Battlefront for the first time a few years ago and I really liked it. It's a, it, it it's definitely a lot of fun, but you know, when you spent so much time playing Battlefront two, it's just gonna, it just makes you want to play Battlefront two instead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But when it uh, when it came to the uh well I always remember there just being really tight controls. The combat was very well done. Uh having like a having the John Williams music always playing while you're in combat. Like I remember every time I would play as Obi-Wan, once you would uh you know, once you're in the thick of it and you're just slicing down battle droids and you have dual like a uh, battle of the heroes playing in the background shit's great it's fucking awesome <laughs> and again I, I me having played this game a lot too i can definitely testify to this it is so satisfying oh 100 and honestly yeah it uh it really every time i played it makes me miss that the the lucas arts 
era of Star Wars games. That's when Star Wars games were really something special. You can definitely tell there was a lot of heart and soul put into those games. Oh, yeah. And I mean, nowadays, not too many Star Wars games come out. And that's extremely disappointing because, I mean, back in the day, you had a you had a Star Wars game on, on pretty much every console. They were coming new games were coming coming out left and right that all tackle different gameplay styles. I mean, even if it, I mean, even if the game itself didn't work, I mean, Hey, at least they tried. And, uh, you know, cause you had that terrible masters of terrorist Kasai fighting game, I but <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the game was shit, but Hey, at least they tried to make a star Wars fighting game. Yeah. And, the, the point was to just experiment. You know, they had like a Twisted Metal-esque Star Wars game. You know, it's I, I miss when they would just try shit out and just go for it. Like uh, mm-hmm. all the different racing racing games, the uh, uh, all the RPGs, the, uh, you know, large expansive games like uh, Galaxies and uh, Knights of the Old Republic, all these great fucking games. And we just don't get that anymore because I, I mean, I heard they got better as time went on, but I, I never really played the, the more recent battlefront games just cause I mean, I found the, the use of the $50 DLC from that first game, very off putting, especially to get the full experience that was advertised. You had to pay, essentially 110 bucks 60 bucks for the base game 50 dollars extra for the dlc that was promised to you and battlefront 2 got had that huge controversy essentially around microtransactions and shit and that's when it felt like the the name brand of star wars was really kind of feel like it was being dangled in front of me saying like you know you want to play this but we're gonna pull all this bullshit in the in the background and you're gonna give us extra money because you love star wars right and i don't know i i just couldn't in good conscience do that because when i bought the when i bought the original battlefront 2 you know like this is probably just my old old school gamer brain talking but i would just i would drop 40 bucks 40 to 50 bucks on on the game and that was it and i would just get hours of entertainment Everything that was promised to me was right there after you pay that one-time fee, but that's just not really the case anymore. And I feel like that gives developers the excuse to just kind of release the bare minimum and then make up for it later down the line. But it's become more or less meeting those deadlines rather than actually making the game as good as it can be instead of just shitting it out and hopefully trying to make it better down the line. Cause kind of like cyberpunk pretty much pretty fucking much. Uh, so I mean, I've heard the, the new, uh, I heard, I heard battle two front two battlefront two, especially is, uh, is very good now, but I just, I don't care anymore. Well, I, really I would say don't. I would say the recent Star Wars game that really feels like old school Star Wars game, like an old school Star Wars game, would be Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, um, no, it absolutely did because that that it felt like more of the out of my preferred era of Star Wars games, where 
they would just they would just try to for the most part tell an interesting story on a you know on a different side of the universe that we haven't really seen yet and so when i first heard that oh it's following uh following someone who survived order 66 and is you know kind of in hiding that alone made me get the game and i fucking loved it if you made more games like that and let let the developers experiment and try new things like especially when disney shut down lucas arts all the different projects that were shit canned was infuriating, man. Like that, uh, I think it was Star Wars thirteen thirteen, where you. Yeah, uh, I remember. Yeah, was that the one you played as Darth Maul? No, that was the one where you basically. That was where you play in like the criminal underworld of Coruscant. You're playing as a, like a bounty hunter. That's right. So that's two games. It, it would have been, been a really. It would have been like a great. Yeah, it would have been like a really gritty um star wars game like a first like a third person gritty star wars game but i think disney really wanted to push more towards of what they wanted to do and as Mm -hmm. a result basically in starting the infuriation of most star wars fans today pretty fucking much so uh but that's i mean i mean i did hear that they opened LucasArts or at least some form of it back up because they did announce that Indiana Jones game a while back and I don't remember who's developing it but I think they have a pretty good track record so I'm hoping that I'm hoping that game's good uh if that sets a good precedent then maybe maybe those developers can give us a much more uh expansive star wars game you know I'd, I'd love for them to dust off those old projects that were shit canned or maybe do like a new open world game uh just something anything yeah so but that's why we have a game like that's why we still have games like the old Star Wars battlefront 2 that we can rely, that we can rely on oh yeah you know? absolutely you know i i'm actually kind of making it a like a side goal to have every Star Wars game that was on the PS1 and PS2. I have most of the PS2 games, but I need... Uh, I think the only PS1 game I have is the Jedi Power Battles, I think is what mm. it's called. But it's uh, it's it's just like a side-scroller beat-em-up, essentially. But it, it's I think I know fun. the one you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's actually pretty fun. If I can just add on really quickly to Battlefront 2. So, one of my favorite modes was the galactic conquest so you basically just oh, went around and yeah. conquering conquering the uh, the known galaxy as it was and uh who is your favorite faction to play as so what i actually before I, before i go there um so what i usually would like to do is like i would play as i never play as the separatists surprisingly but i always went um <laughs> i always went um we save the we save the galaxy as a republic, and then we conquer it as the Galactic Empire, and then we restore it back to uh, we restore it as the Alliance or the Rebellion. Um, so um, I always thought that was a lot of fun in the long in the long run. Um, and then, if, did you play the? Uh, did you play the campaign mode uh, where you basically recount yeah, stories I, of uh, yeah, the Yeah, I think I got. Uh, 
I think I got decently far. Uh, I think right until they got to Camino, because uh, I because I remember uh, running around the the Jedi Temple and everything. Uh, I think that was relatively far into the game, but I I don't know. I I definitely need to like. There's so many games that I I grew up uh, doing all the different modes, like games like that or GTA San Andreas, where I've sunk so many hours into but i've never actually finished the campaign Mm. okay but hmm. yeah there is no denying the impact that star wars battlefront 2 has made um actually so the game is backwards the game is backwards compatible on uh xbox 360 so um for my i don't i think it was my 11th or 12th birthday so i wanted a ps2 but I got an Xbox 360 and the first game was Star Wars Battlefront 2. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Nice. It was so awesome. Um, yeah, I have very fond memories of playing that game too. Basically for everything that Jeff said about it. So um, I don't have much to add that has that already hasn't been said. So I'm just going to move on to my final two. So the first one I'm going to start off with um so let's talk about the marvel cinematic universe specifically phase one so obviously um like every like every uh movie still at the time they had video game tie-ins so iron man and iron man 2 had their games and thor had its game um incredible hulk also had its game unfortunately they all kind of sucked i i remember playing the demo for iron iron man the first game and I wasn't like the biggest fan. Uh, the flying controls really, it, it took me a, a moment to really figure out how the fuck that worked. So, um, yeah, the demo is all as far as I played of it. But then there, there was one game that actually turned out. So they're, they're all developed by Sega. Um, you guys remember Sega? <laughs> um, so there's one game in there that actually proved to be the best of all of them. It was called Captain America Super Soldier. Um, it is ba- obviously it's based off the first Avenger. Um, essentially, it is the MCU game equivalent of a Batman Arkham game. Um, so how it works is so it's a mission. It's kind of a non-canonical mission, um, but the idea is like um, Cap has to go has to like um, find himself. Uh, landing in uh, I think it's the Baron Von Strucker or the Baron Von um, Zemo. It's like, I think it's the Zemo. So this is definitely before civil war came out. So this is a definitely non canonical, but um, basically Hydra has taken over this uh, long castle held by the Zemo family and turn it into a Hydra base. And so cap needs to infiltrate it to take down the big guns and weapons. And you fight a giant robot, uh, piloted by Arnon Zola, uh, basically, um, that all the type of shenanigans you can expect from a Marvel type of game. But, um, what I liked was, what I liked was that how the gameplay was. So you run, so basically you're going around, you collect, you find collectibles, um, you fight Hydra soldiers, you get to utilize that wonderful shield that Cap uses, the game, it's not exactly as free flow as a Batman Arkham game. It definitely has some 
kinks to it that definitely needed working out. But for what it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, you get to, you definitely have a lot of fun throwing around the shield. Um, you, there are like, there's a health bar and then, um, the way you can restore health is like you do takedowns. Um, and you can only activate it if you have enough soldier, super soldier, like instinct or whatnot in you. I think it is. Uh, if you have like one bar, you can do a takedown. Um, if you have two bars, you can do, you can aim your, uh, you can multi aim your shield for multiple targets. Um, number three, ah, shit, I forget what number three is actually, to be honest, but, but number four is essentially rage mode, which is basically cap going into captain America going into like, uh, basically a, uh, one hit wonder kind of a situation where he basically just delivers the beat down on all surrounding enemies, um, that you come across. Um, the boss fights are pretty fun. Um, especially the Strucker fight at the first boss fight. Um, and then there are definitely different ways where you have to take down the enemies too. Like you can use the shield to deflect bullets or like beams of energy shot at and whatnot. Um, two of the voice act two uh, voice actors, like two of the voice actors are two actors from the movie. Uh, you have Haley Atwell coming back to voice Peggy Carter and Chris Evans comes back to voice Captain America. Now, for this kind of thing, you would think that Chris Evans might be phoning it in just because like, all right, I'm just doing this as part of a paycheck. No, Chris gives it 100%. Like he is fully developed into his role as Captain America. Um, and it's great. I mean, the voice acting for what it is is pretty, I think it's pretty good. Um, and like I said, I, I think Chris Evans is actually doing a lot more than what's expected of him. So like, yeah, you can tell, you can tell he's having a ball with the two. Oh, that's right. Uh, Sebastian stands also Sebastian Stan and Neil McDonough are back to as Bucky and dum dum Dugan respectively. Um, I think that's it. I, I don't remember if any, I don't quite remember who else uh, returned from the movie, but uh, definitely not, um, definitely not Hugo weaving as uh, the red skull, but yeah, surprisingly it is the best uh, MCU game ever made. Um, and that's, that's a shame. Cause I, I'd be curious to see what other games would have come out for the, the MCU, but it is what it is. And so, all right, my last pick. So it is also another super, there's a theme going out through most of my picks. They're all superhero based almost, but the last one is a very interesting case. So. As we all know, the X-Men movies have all had kind of a interesting history. Uh, the ones that are usually considered the best are the first two X-Men movies. Uh, X-Men Days of Future Past is also considered really great. X-Men First Class is also considered really great. And then everything else is kind of a hit or miss or a complete dumpster fire. Um, although I will say, uh, lo and of course, Logan and... Uh, the Wolverine are pretty good too. Um, but those are standalone movies, but you can also count them as well. But so this is a case where the video game tie in surprisingly is much better than the actual video movie it's based off of. Um, and I never thought I would say this, but X-Men origins Wolverine as a video game is much better than the actual movie itself. So what makes this game so great? It's an M-rated game. This is this is the definitive Wolverine experience. It may follow it may follow 
some aspects, some of the major plot points of X-Men Origins Wolverine, but this this game goes all out. This is a true hack and slash game. It is Wolverine really slicing guys' arms off and gutting them and eviscerating them. It is bloody, it is gory, and it is beautiful. One of the best game game one of the best the things you can do is you can actually like aim at a at a hench henchman and you can lunge and you can basically just strike him and then you can toss him. Now there's there's two versions. The one I'm talking about is the uncaged edition, which is like updated for HD and it's um it's for uh, next gen PS3 and Xbox 360. And then there is a version made for the PS2 and the Wii and Nintendo GameCube that's T rated. Um, that's not necessarily the best game. But again, the Uncaged Edition is just takes so many liberties with it and just goes on a ball. It's having so much fun with it. Hugh Jackman is back to voice Wolverine. And he is also like much like Chris Evans for Captain America, Super Soldier. Uh, Hugh, uh, Hugh Jackman is just having a ball as Wolverine. You can he is delivering all the classic Wolverine growls and grrrs and R's and roars that he's known for. He gives it 110 uh, percent. It is a bloody good time. Uh, just tearing up soldiers and uh, weapon X soldiers um, fighting different enemy variants. Um, one of the bo- best boss fights is actually the one of Gambit. Um, you have to chase him through this casino. Um, yeah. Like I said, this game takes liberties and does things differently. Um, the one of the, the other really good boss fight is um, actually fighting the abomination. That is what they did to Deadpool and it's so much justice uh, to killing fake Deadpool or Brockapool in my mind. Just a lot of visceral fun. Um, there's actually there was actually DLC for this game where basically you can go into like a danger room kind of mode um, or room, and you basically can just like experiment with like how all the different ways how to kill an enemy and whatnot. It's it's just a bloody good time to start to finish, and also. One of the other one of the other things you could do is in order to unlock costumes, you had to fight Wolverine had to fight Wolverine. Um, So like Hugh Jackman would have to fight like Wolverine dressed up in like the old classic uh, yellow and blue suit or in the X4 suit, which is the black and gray. And then the classic brown and tan costume um, that Wolverine was known for wearing in the 80s. Yeah. So in order that was a lot of fun too. just. Just what a bloody gorgeous time. And the game story is surprisingly a lot better. So they add a lot of things. So you fight a giant sentinel for one boss fight. That that's pretty that's pretty metal. No pun intended. Um, the boss fight with the blob is in a grocery store. Uh, you literally have to like you at one po- at points you have to like jump onto like blob and like run them through like a whole bunch of like different grocery aisles and shit. And then, uh, and, uh, and the boss fights with, uh, saber They're all right. I will say Leif Schreiber does come back. He's kind of, he's kind of there with this performance, but again, just, just a massive departure from the original source material. I mean, again, you're still following the basic plot points, but 
again, you take a lot of liberties and you make it M rated because when you play a Wolverine game, you want to play Wolverine. You want to slice up people. You want it to be a bloody good time. And this game delivers. So yeah, X-Men Origins Wolverine, the uncaged edition is one of the best video game movies, in my opinion, just because it's such a radical departure from the actual movie itself. Um, just a bloody good time from start to finish, I would say. Um, Hell yeah. Did you have did you ever play the game by any chance? I didn't. Um, I mean, I actually kind of forgot about that game because uh, I remember I remember getting a lot of praise uh, back when uh, like when game trailers dot com and screw attack <laughs> was a thing. I remember I they would uh, they, I remember they would talk about it a lot. Uh, I mean, yeah, if I if I ever find it at a, at like a local game store, because uh, we do have a couple uh, around here that are awesome places. Uh, if I find it for a good price, I, yeah, I wouldn't mind swooping that. I rec again, I recommend getting the uh, uncaged edition. So if you have, so it, do you? I don't know if you still have a PS3, but if you have, if you still have your PS3, get it for your PS3. You will not be disappointed. Hell yeah. Um, did you have? I don't know if you have. I mean, aside from, aside from Spider Man and Batman Begins. Uh, oh no! Aside from Spider Man and Star Wars, did you have anything to add on any of the other games I mentioned? I'm good on my end. <laughs> I mean, I had some interesting things to say for your list too, but okay, I, I, I'm just gonna say it again though. I was so surprised that Spider Man was also your pick. I was not expecting that in the slightest. <laughs> no, honestly, I thought you were gonna pick Spider Man too. No, I thought you were going to pick Spider-Man 2. No, I thought you were. No, I thought you were. I was okay. sad, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, wow. Um, but, yeah, so this is this is definitely uh, a different format for a change. It, it was nice to finally talk about Vita games for a change, even though they were based off of Bond movies. But um, if this is how we're going to finally start talking about certain video games, um, Fuck yeah, I'm all for it, especially especially with Spider Man, because I feel like I have a lot, we have a lot of things to say about the Raimi trilogy, um, and I feel like maybe talking about those games alone will pre probably be a fun time, probably be vital to those conversations too. But. Oh, definitely. All right, so in the meantime, folks, thank you so much for joining us for this special Saturday special. That's redundant. I said special twice, but thank you for joining us on this uh, installment here on this lovely Saturday. So please be sure to follow us on Instagram that at TNAPcast. That's T-N-A-A-P-C-A-S-T. Be sure to follow and subscribe on the YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe. Ring that bell for all uh, notifications. Also, be sure to like and comment on all the videos. Give us uh, suggestions for any uh, topics that you feel like we should cover and of course uh follow us on uh the two platforms that we're currently on right now in terms of actual podcast listening that's apple podcasts aka itunes and of course spotify so uh jeff do you have anything else you would like to add before bidding adieu nope <laughs> do you feel do you at least do you feel satisfied though that hopefully we have we have good games to now we have good games that we have at least can recommend in the long oh, run. Oh yeah, ab absolutely. And yeah. well, I mean, I think because uh, I'm I'm not as much of a gamer, but 
I definitely have a lot of history with video games. So I think uh, in the future, this is going to make for some pretty good discussion. I'm still looking forward to the first video game discussion. I have no idea what it's going to be for a main installment, but God damn it, we need to start varying it up. Like movie, don't get me wrong. Movies are great, but come on. We're a show about pop culture and entertainment. We must vary it up. That's going to be it for this Saturday special, everybody. My name is Eric. God damn, that was weird. And this is Jeff. <laughs> All right, everybody, stay shiny. Have a good one. Next.